to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. with you all tonight about salvation again. We're continuing our thought on salvation unplugged. And when we say unplugged, we're not talking about take the power out of it. We're talking about looking beyond what we perhaps for many years have thought we know really what it's about, but yet we can kind of get super religious with stuff and say things but don't even really know what they are. And that's why I want to unplug it. And we've looked at praise and worship unplugged. We've unplugged prayer and looked at faith and just different things. And we're going to continue to do those in the years that follow in this church. But salvation is so awesome. Listen, I came over uh, across this saying today about salvation. And listen to this. There is no sin too dark for his light. And there is no sin too gross for his grace. Isn't that cool? There is no sin too dark for his light. And there is no sin too gross for His grace. That's salvation. That's salvation. And I want to talk tonight about what salvation is. And I had you all help me tonight. You did a fantastic job. But I want to talk about what salvation is past, present, ongoing, and future. That's what we're going to deal with tonight. In other words, what it was, what it still is, what it's going to remain to be, and that it will never, never change. And what an incredible thought there that salvation will never change. Salvation doesn't have to change. Have you thought about that? There is not one other thing in this world that has never changed except God and salvation. Two things. Think about that. Everything else changes. The car that you drive now is a whole lot different to the car that you used to have because things have changed. Come on, you look at light bulbs now. Light bulbs used to cost like 15 cents. Now they're like $15 because it's all these special energy, LED, all these special things. Everything is always evolving and always changing. Go to try and buy a dog today. You used to just have like about six or seven different makes of dogs or breeds of dogs. Now they've got... Poodles, schnitzers, wutzels, I mean, they're combining them all. They've got all these different things. Everything is changing. Why? Because it seems like the world has to change things to keep it fresh, to keep it real, to keep people excited, to keep people buying. But I'm here to tell you today, salvation hasn't changed because you can't change perfection. You can't change the greatness of it. And that's what makes it so awesome. Yes, it's unique to every one of us, but yet it doesn't change across the world. And that is so incredible. When Jesus died upon the cross over 2,000 years ago and rose again, he made the way for salvation. That same gift that he made way for right there is the same gift, exactly the same that every one of us can be a part of today. It does not have to change because it's 
perfect. So tonight I want to talk about salvation in the various tenses. Normally there would be three tenses. I'm going to add a fourth tense. We're going to talk about past, present, ongoing, and future. Reminding you again of our scripture that we began with on Sunday morning. Hebrews 2 and verse 3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect? Say with me, neglect. Remember, not take care of, to tend too little to. How shall we escape if we take for granted, if we neglect so great a salvation? And we've talked about its greatness tonight. So tonight I want to talk about the tenses of salvation. I want to start with the past tense. Look what it says in Romans 8 verse 24. Romans 8 verse 24 says this, For we were saved into this hope. Notice not we are, not we will be, but we were saved. Past tense. Your salvation experience has to have a starting point. If I was to ask most of you in here, most of you could probably give the time and the place where you gave your heart to God. Most of you still remember that. Why? Because you remember that day because of the joy and excitement that came into your life. You wanted to tell everyone that was the day that your life was transformed and revolutionized. It was the moment that we connected with God and we had a life-changing encounter. You know the sad thing is that when we first got saved, we were so excited, we wanted to tell everyone, we wanted to shout about it, but yet we kind of outgrow that. That is really sad. Come on, I said, that's really sad. But there has to be a past tense experience. There has to be a starting point. And thank God for past salvation. But if it's neglected and there's nothing new, our story will become a repetitive story. Have you ever asked someone their testimony and you hear the same thing every time they give it? Why? Because all they're doing is continually repeating over and over again a past tense experience. Nothing new, nothing changed, their life still the same way. Look what it says in Psalms 106, and we're going to jump through some verses here. We're going to start in 8, jump to 10, jump to 13. But follow along with me tonight from Psalms 106, and this is dealing with the joy the Israelites found in the forgiveness of their sins. Okay? Verse 8 says, Nevertheless, He saved them. Past tense, okay? He saved them for His name's sake that He might make His mighty power known. Verse 10, he saved them from the hand of him who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. Thank God he saved us out of something. He saved us past tense. But notice what happens and unfortunately we find ourselves in the same place. Verse 13 says, they soon forgot his works, his saving power. His transforming, delivering power. They soon forgot His works. They did not wait for His counsel, but they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And God gave them their request. But He sent leanness into their soul. Here we see if our salvation experience is just a past tense, if we neglect the rest... 
the result we see right at the very end of that passage, we will see that there will be leanness in our soul. Does everyone see that? That there will be leanness in our soul. Man is made like God as a triune being. We're made of body, soul and spirit. Just like Father, Son and Holy Spirit were made in the image of God. Body, soul and spirit. The soul is the part of man that refers to our desires, our decisions and the choices we make. The appetites. What we are. Okay, so it's our desires, our decisions and our choices. So if that's the soul of man, if that's what we are, the Bible says that there would be leanness in our soul. You know what that means? When there's leanness, it produces wrong decisions. Come on. It produces what? Wrong desires and it produces wrong choices. If our soul is our desires, our decisions and our choices, if there's leanness in that area, if we're not living up to date in our salvation and we're just relying on a past tense decision and not experience, there's going to be a leanness that's come. And then we're going to find ourselves having the wrong desires, the wrong decisions and the wrong choices. Thank God for that day. We're here today because of that day, that moment in time, that decision. But it was just the beginning of an experience and there has to be a present right now. So past tense, second tense. Are you ready? It's present tense. Come on, say with me now. Right now, right where we're at. Second Corinthians 6 verse 2 says this. For he says, this is God speaking, In an acceptable time I have heard you say, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Notice what he says, behold when? Now. Come on, help me out. Behold now is what? The day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Thank God for yesterday's testimonies, but it doesn't stop there. There's also a testimony of his salvation available for you and I right now. Smith Wigglesworth, a great guy that lived, um, I can't remember how long ago he lived, but he lived, I think, in the 18th or the beginning of the 19th century. And um, an incredible man. He was a plumber by trade. He had a stutter when he would speak and God called him to preach and he couldn't speak properly. But when he would stand behind a pulpit and begin to preach, the words would come out of his mouth. He was an incredible man that he would walk down the street and people would come from plowing with oxen in the field. They would run and fall at his feet and say, what must I do to be saved? He was a man that wouldn't allow a newspaper in his house. He just didn't allow those things because he had such a touch of God on his life and he desired God. Well, one day he stood up and he said these words in a congregation. He said, if your testimony hasn't changed in the last three days, you're not really saved. Someone came up to him at the end of the service and said, man, don't you think that was a little harsh? I mean, don't you think that's a little bit rough? He said, yes, I guess you're right, because if I really gave it as God gave it to me, none of you would be able to handle it. He said, God told me, if your salvation experience is not changing and you're not having an experience every day, then you're not really saved. Think about that. Salvation is not just past, it's present. It's a new experience, a new joy, a new fulfillment that we can live in every day. When we wake up tomorrow, there's probably going to be new tests that are going to face us tomorrow. 
You know, we can understand that and we can grab a hold of that. There's going to be new tests. There's going to be new trials. There's going to be hardships because they're going to be waiting for us tomorrow. Why can't we begin to believe that there's going to be a newness of our salvation that is ready for us tomorrow? Not meaning that we're any more saved than what we are, but that we can have joy in our salvation. Have you seen many Christians lately? They live in a past tense experience because they're miserable. Come on, they're depressed. And I know we go through hard times, but the Bible says that there's a joy of the Lord that wants to be our strength, a daily joy that we can have in our lives. Our salvation experience is something that we must daily be involved in, and it needs to be daily involved in us. Why? It's an experience, not a decision. It's something to be lived out every day. And again, I'm not meaning I save myself and I'm working for my salvation because I couldn't do that. And if I could have done that, Jesus would not have come to have died. If man could have saved himself, we wouldn't have needed a savior. And if Jesus had to give his life and come as a ransom for every one of us, there's no way that we can ever think in that no matter what we can do in our own selves, that we can earn that. So it's not meaning I save myself, but it's realizing that salvation wants to work in my life every day. Salvation wants to give me new ideas every day. Salvation wants to give me a greater favor, greater blessings. Come on, it's an experience that we can live. You know what, Kelly and I, in our relationship, you know what, if we don't spend time together, we grow apart. But every day there can be a new experience that we can experience together, new things that we can do together, new fun things that we can discover, new foods we can try, new places we can go. Everyone with me? It's the same with our relationship with God. Come on, quit reading the same verses every day. Quit listening to the same songs every day. Quit trying to find God in the same place every day. Ask God to restore to you, give you a fresh perspective, a fresh that you can wake up with such a joy and such a peace that you had when you first got saved, but somehow along the way, you kind of just lost. I'm telling you, your salvation should not be an experience that you've lost. Your salvation should be something that you are gaining every day. How do I know this? Because the Bible tells me that daily he wants to load every one of us with his benefits. I like that word load. Because if I go somewhere and I say to them, I want you to give me a load of something. How many knows I want my axle to be almost touching the tires or everything? Because I want my thing loaded down. Come on, I want you to hook a brother up. If I'm coming with a trailer and you're putting some mulch in there, I don't want to go home with half a trailer. Load. I want you to load me up. God wants to load you up every day. Your salvation experience. Listen to this. Salvation is not just a position of righteousness that you have before God. We are made righteous before God because of salvation, okay? But it's not just a position, but also it's a condition. Say with me, position and condition. So I am positioned, I am saved in Christ, but as a result of that experience, there's a condition of righteousness that I need to live out in front of everyone every day. In other words, salvation is not just believing. Salvation is behaving. It's not just believing in God. It's behaving too. That God changes us. The old desires that we had and the old things begin to fall off and drop away. 
So it's both a position and a condition which really overlaps into our next tense. That it's not just past and present, but it's ongoing. Say with me, active. Come on, it's active. Look what 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 says. For the message of the cross, that's salvation, is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to who? Every one of us who are what? Being saved. Do you notice that? You who were saved, today is the day of salvation. And now we see ongoing that the word of God says, but we who are being saved. It is the power of God. New Living Translation says, we who are being saved. Salvation, your salvation is ongoing. That's why it's living. That's why it's life-changing. That's why it's an experience. It's not just the past, had to have a starting point. It's not just the moment of now, but it's ongoing future. When I wake up tomorrow, it's there. It's daily, every step of the way. It doesn't mean that I am more saved than the day I got saved. Listen to me. I can't be any more saved than the day that I got saved. But you know what? Every day I can enjoy new daily benefits of salvation as God transforms me. Come on, as I am changed by it. Did you notice that? Transformed by it. That God wants to change me every day to his salvation. And I'm sure every one of us can have experiences in here that, you know, there were struggles that we had when we first gave our lives to Christ. Maybe it was our mouths that we used choice language and we would find you know, the words would come out. It's like the young boy who, who wanted a bike. I know I've told this story, but I love this story. Young boy wanted a bike, so he was mowing people's yards. And one day he was talking to this man and he arranged to cut his grass. And the man said, well, why are you cutting the grass for? He said, I'm trying to make enough money so I can buy a bike. And the guy says, well, you know what? Let me make a deal with you because I've got two extra bikes in my shed and I need a lawnmower. So I tell you what, I'll let you pick whichever bike you want and then I'll take your mower and we'll call it quits. How does that sound? Well, the boy could not be happier. He didn't have to mow grass, didn't have to earn money, just give his mower over and he got him a bike. So he's riding around the neighborhood, life is great, and he comes past and all of a sudden he sees this guy and he's pulling and pulling and pulling this mower. And the guy flags him down and says, son, what kind of mower did you give me? He said, it won't start. He said, oh, yes, sir, it will start. He said, well, I can't get it start. He said, well, here's what you've got to do. He said, you just got to curse at it just a little bit. The guy says, curse at it? I'm a deacon in my church. I haven't cursed for 30 years. And the little boy rode off on his bike and he says, keep pulling. It will come back to you. <laughs> come on, isn't it amazing when people push the buttons, things begin to surface. But you know what? Those things that used to surface all the time are not surfacing so much anymore. And they're now a thing of the past. Why? Because of the decision you made, but the experience that you live and the experience that's changing you every step of the way. I thank God that he who began a good work in us is the process of salvation and sanctification. Come on. The Bible says he will be faithful to complete it. You know, there's a small print right there, and it's not in God's words, but it's in our, up to us. God will be faithful to complete anything that we allow him to. Because if we choose to step out of that, we step out of the completion that he has available for us. And we've got to understand that in our lives. We've got to realize that in our lives. Look what it says in Philippians 1 verse 6. It says, being confident 
of this very thing. He who has begun a good work in you will what? Complete it. He will continually, continually, continually complete you and me until what time? Until Jesus comes back to get us. And some of us, by the time he comes back, are not going to be completely even finished right then. But one day when we get to heaven, we're all going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye. But you know what? Aren't you glad that it's an ongoing experience, that he daily wants to begin and continue to do that work that he has started in every one of us? Look what it says in Philippians 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul's writing this to the church in in, in Philippi, and he said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Come on, say with me, work out. Work out. And let me explain that if I could, because I believe many have misrepresented that thought there. When it talks about me working out my salvation, it doesn't mean that I can go through my Bible and I can pick and choose what I need to do, what I need to accept, and what I want to be a part of my salvation. A lot of people do that. A lot of people, I was just with a pastor today and and he was under a minister locally or not too far away from here. And you know what the pastor told him? He said there is only 40% of the Bible that's preachable. 40% of the Bible, he told him, is the only, is preachable material. I think to myself, 100% of the Bible is preachable because it's the word of God, it's living. But you see, we can so quickly say, you know, I like that because it kind of fits me. But I don't care much for that verse, so I'm just going to skip that. I like the fact of this, but I don't want this for my salvation. If that's what you think working out your own salvation is all about, I'm telling you, you're wrong. You can't pick and choose. Why? Because you are not the author and you are not the designer of salvation. Come on, if you think you are and you think you can save yourself, then you keep going your merry way because you're going to be disappointed one day. And thank God you're in a church that loves you enough to tell you the truth. I'm not the designer. I'm not the author of salvation. God is. And his pattern and his plan involves it all. Come on. It's not that I can pick and choose and do whatever I want. So when we see work out your own salvation, it literally means like if you go to the gym. If you go to the gym and you begin to work out, what do you do? You begin to get in the proper shape. Come on, you begin to develop muscles that you didn't even know you had. You begin to exercise, you begin to stretch. What happens? You build that strength. That's what it's talking about, that every day salvation wants to work with us and together we can develop and grow. We can work out our own salvation and see our spiritual muscles begin to bulge and pump. Why? Because that's what God wants to do. But notice what it goes on to say. It says, work out your own salvation. Say your own salvation. Doesn't mean your spouses. Come on. Doesn't mean your kids. Doesn't mean the people who are sitting around you. Doesn't mean the people down the street from you. And here's my thought is this. Perhaps if we put more effort into our own salvation, they would see the results. And as a result of the change in us, they would follow our lead. Come on, if you want your spouse to be more saved, you get more saved. Come on, if you want your kids to be more full of God, you get more full of God. 
Come on, if you want to witness like you've never witnessed to people down the street, get so full of God that you don't even have to open your mouth, that they will just see it, they will just sense it, that they will just know it. Because they will see it alive, living inside of you. Some people have said, you know what, I love this and I love that. You know, here's the deal. I would much rather be around people who are living for God than just talking about God. And watch. Look what it says in Philippians or Philippians 2 verse 12. Let me read it from the New Living Translation. Sounds really cool. It says, Dearest friends, you were always so careful to follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away from you, be even more careful, listen to this, to put into action God's saving work in your life. Look at that. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does he say? Be even more careful to put into action God's saving work in your life. It's ongoing. His continual working. What is the continual working of God in your life? God wants to refine you. God wants to fine-tune every one of you. Come on, He wants to define us. He wants to separate us. He wants to perfect us. He wants to knock off some of the rough edges and to make us into His image. But salvation is not just past. It's not just present. It's not just ongoing. But salvation is also future tense. Say with me, eternal. It's forever. 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 The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, there abide a faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is what? Love. Why? Because one day we won't need faith. One day we won't need hope when we see God. But love endures forever. Why would I say that? Because the love of God is the greatest act of love this world has ever seen is what? The act when he gave his life, when he made salvation. Salvation is eternal. Salvation is forever. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump to 9 through 11. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 1 and 2 says, Concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, which is his return, will come as a thief in the night. Verse 9 through 11. For God did not appoint us to wrath or to tribulation, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, meaning whether we die before he comes or we're still awake, we should live one day together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. What does he say in there? I don't really need to tell you, he says, about what's going to happen because God's coming back. But one thing you've got to know is this. God didn't appoint us for wrath, but through salvation, he's coming back for his children. And one day we're going to be with him and we can have comfort, the Bible says. We can edify, build up each other with the thought of what? That we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever. That it's going to be worth it all. There's going to be a day when we'll meet Jesus, when we'll move into that place that he's prepared for us. A place that we can enjoy. All the treasures that we've laid up here on earth, we can enjoy with God. And what a day that will be. And that's only just the beginning of eternity. 
And look what it says in Romans 8, verse 18. For I consider, Paul says these words, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Speaking of one day when we're with him and what a day that's going to be. Salvation. Let's never neglect it. Let's never neglect the greatness of it. Yes, it has to have a beginning. But remember this, salvation has no end with God. Because salvation is eternal. It's not just a past experience, and I pray that you've had one. But it's also a present one, a right now in experience. That tomorrow can be another life-changing experience. That is preparing us for that one day when the trump of God sounds... And we will have eternal life with God. What an experience salvation is. If it's just past, look what you're missing. If it's just past and present, look what you are still missing. Why? Because it's eternal. It's ongoing. God wants to change you every step of the way. Today, tomorrow, in the future, never neglect the great salvation that you have. Live every moment of this greatest gift. What did we start off tonight with? Salvation is. Salvation is so much. So much. And it's so much more than we could even begin to express. Why? Because it's past, present, ongoing. The greatest days of our lives, I believe, are still to be written in our salvation experience with God. The friends that we've been praying that we'll see saved, that's happening and going to continue to happen as we move on with God. As He continues to define us and fine-tune us into His image and likeness, then others will see Him and they will give their life to Him. Let's pray tonight. Would you stand to your feet with me tonight? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.